to your daily dose of TLC with Tom and Luca. Welcome to TLC with Tom and Luca. So, I mean, do you want me to start singing to you? You can, you can sing the intro, mate, if you want. Said I'm easy. And that is most of the listeners already turned off. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, you know, it's, it's Sunday morning for you. It's the afternoon for me. So I thought, you know, you're up early. So. Yeah, I'm up very early, mate. Luca, how are things in your life, my friend? Oh, it's been a it's been a good good week. Haze has gone. Haze has gone. Wow. Excellent. Kids have been allowed outside. Ah, amazing, amazing. So between the last time we spoke, um, it's not been very long actually. I think it was only last week, but um, we've done a few few more podcasts, a few more interviews with some pretty pretty awesome people. I've managed to to handpick some some great people to have a chat with and seem to get on board with the. The whole inspire and, and the whole uh, yeah, I mean, the I'm first thinking, aid I'm, toolkit. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. I mean, I'll be honest. You know, I, I feel like me having my name attached to this is a bit of a cop out, really. It should just be called Tom and Friends. Sponsored uh, by Apple. I mean, you friends. You got all your Apple mates. That's all it is. Yeah, they're a good. Well, the thing is, they're a really nice, um, really nice community of, of of teachers and educators that who will just help and who will just support and have got the same type of vision and, and mentality like they are just happy to to crack on and because they're innovators in their own in their own way then a lot of them are just well motivated so it's a good starting point but I, i've got a few other people lined up and i'd like to um the, uh, speak to B, some of B you international well i'd like to speak to some of the uh international teachers as well um in terms of um you know their their reasons behind going out and spreading well, their wings i mean yeah they're all on holiday at the moment you know it's a it's a long weekend mm-hmm. three long weekends in a row in this wonderful country so three long weekends in a row so everyone's gone away well can't blame them can't blame them i mean we said before top tip use your holidays and just enjoy but anyway right i thought i'd kick off and say you know in our in our job i mean how often do we get told well done that lesson was great and i want to personally tell you tell you as a friend and as a colleague and as a professional this has been brilliant i mean i've listened to them all um i've listened to all six of them and it's just been amazing to see what you've put together and kind of the almost the um the atmosphere and culture you yourself have made by you know interviewing these people and these amazing guests and i mean we'll come on to it later but specifically each one of them even as a as teacher of six years listening to laura listening to mm. matt oh, i just had warning because there's two mats so listening to <laughs> and to matt he'll be happy well. with that warning he's happy with that oh mama peanut butter guy he's he's a top low and um yeah, you're absolutely right it's brilliant. Um, from from Laura, Jacob, Matt, and uh, everyone's just bringing uh, a real nice story to help build up. Actually, it's, you got to be you got to be honest with your culture, and and, and 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 it's not just geared towards like NQTs, is it? I I need the refresher. I mean, Laura's Laura talked about her point about being brave, and like I thought yeah. that was amazing about kind of you if you want to as a leader. I mean, I'm now in a leadership role, and 
kind of how you put things out there, out there, mm-hmm. that seeking forgiveness as, after. I mean, even this week, I've kind of worked and put together with, with some colleagues a, a new scheme for our reading across the year group, which is mm-hmm. seven form entry. Kind of, it, I, I definitely have had to have a sit down and go, right, you need to be brave here in how you pitch this and, you know, mm-hmm. the people you're considering. And there were people that I had to say after and say, hey, look, you know, I know you had this last year, but a bit of forgiveness. I'm trying it. This is my rationale behind it. And, you know, I hope you can forgive me if yours kind of what you built a little bit last year is mm. put to one side and this new one is rolled out. So, yeah, everything she said, I was, I was all ears. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and I've often said to, uh, to people I spoke to, um, from a selfish point of view, it's nice for me to get a daily dose because that's absolutely what I'm getting. I'm getting motivated. And, um, I'm lucky. I've got some really nice, um, uh, you know, inspiring leaders uh, with me at the moment. Um, you know, I've got some really good support and I've got a great friendship base, but it's nice to spread your wings and it's it's really nice um, to, to speak to other people's journey because I don't think many teachers have uh, a story which, which is just very, um, you know, monotonous in terms of just going in, into school this is your journey you've always wanted to teach people have had it tough like they do in most professions but we're unique in the fact where, where Matt, Matt Pullen said that we're islands schools are very much like islands yeah. and it's, it's uh, they're all so curve. different it's, you know it's, it's not an upward curve and you know it's one thing that um, you know Matt Warren talked about when he was saying about being a year six teacher and just that popping into another school and just kind of mm-hmm. you know meeting with another year six teacher you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of say, hey, what are you doing? And that's something that even within our international network, we are encouraged to do. We've had leadership courses and, you know, we have JAWS conferences and mm-hmm. we have, you know, colleagues from, from Jakarta, from uh, Singapore, from Yangon, mm-hmm. from Bangkok. And you know, we do, there is a network internationally of people you can talk to and, and bounce ideas off. Well, now that we've made a start with um, the, the why um, and everyone's going to be getting back into school life, I'm really going to look forward to um, asking another question or two to um, to other educators about what are they doing in the classroom that's exciting and what are they doing that doesn't take much time or you know doesn't increase your workload but is having a bigger impact um, on the children. And I'm not always interested in whether it's making you know, outstanding gains for your SATs results and your test papers. I'm I'm also excited about the wider child. Does it does it help encourage their confidence? Have you done something in a lesson that's really inspired? Uh, got got a reluctant kid to start writing or start um, feedback in in a different type of way? Because we've all got those in our class. We've all got, always got kids that are difficult to engage that have got their own learning barriers. And part of being an innovator, part of being a go-getter is going, mm, you're a little bit different from who I've taught before. This is what I'm going to try. And I'm happy in, in listening to mistakes as well, right? Because that's also quite important. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean I've, I've even found this week with, with particular kids with their maths. I mean, we, we're looking at how kids can, um, how they can show their reasoning, you know, that verbal reasoning. Can they show through you know, diagrams, et cetera? And I've been saying, hey, look, we've got seven windows go and draw on it go and show me draw on a window and mm. even that little simple kind of quick fix draw on the table we've got so you know you want to show me it doesn't need to be evidenced in your book because you know if i'm assessing you draw on the floor write it on the floor if you're drawing a, a model of partitioning draw on the floor you that's know, very that's a very modern teacher way to do it hey so you're gonna draw it's where you like my friend it's yeah 
get the chalk out, get the chalk and the the pens out. You asked the question of it, you know, kind of, can you, how can you target those or reach those, those learners? Yeah, something could be simple as, you know, draw an arena. That's that's true, but I think a lot <laughs> there be a lot of teachers go. Mm, if I ask my kids to draw the window, they'll just go and stare outside of the playground. <laughs> well, you know, you, well, your, yours won't have that choice because they can't see the playground, mate, because of all the air pollution. No, it's all good now. We're we're up on the third floor, so we, I look, my new room looks out onto lush greenery. We'll go off when when Laura is saying about you know having an open door policy and um, having a bit of a laugh and having a bit of a wind down with your colleagues. When we were teaching together um, all those years ago, what what highlights can you remember that you thought oh, that was that made me giggle? That was a good laugh and that really helped. I think it was just those times when it was like you know what I've, I've been looking at these books now for forty five minutes. I'm not going to pick up the next one. What's more important? You know, I'm losing the will to live here. I remember we had we had a few little uh, karaoke sessions, didn't we? We, on the we danced on the stage. tables for some reason. Danced, danced on the tables was one. Remember when we turned all the lights off and we went around with our, <laughs> newly, acquired la- our newly acquired laser pens and just shiny laser pens around the school. Turned yeah, we hijacked off. the head teacher's kid as well because he, oh, yeah, he, was, he was he was he was he was pretty pretty cool. When I say hijacked, I mean we just wanted to play the name, wandered in at the end of the day, and and we said, oh, "How old do you say he was?" That four, yeah, we're four or five years old, and he just loved it, didn't he? So we were just like, "I'll oh, sack this off. Let's let's go, uh, let's go and mess around for for half an hour." Yeah, but we, we had a, yeah, a bit of karaoke. You know, we go out, you know, watch football, play football outside, have a bit of basketball outside. Um, just basically just putting music really loud and just marching around. Oh, happy days, happy days. It was no, but I tell you what, one thing thinking about the past though was something that you know Matt Pullen talked about and. Isn't it amazing someone like him being involved in initial teacher education now? Mm-hmm. His honesty. I mean, you and I, you know, I, I, I know we can't, you know, start slagging people off and bad mouthing people, but specifically, but I mean, some of our teachers. <laughs> specifically, but John Smith, you sir, <laughs> are an ass. But you think about, you know, some of our initial teacher training was absolute cabbage, wasn't it? It was useless. And, you know, I think about someone like Matt, Matt Pollard who's saying, look, you know, I'm honest. I'm honest with my kid. You know, I'm honest with my students. Um, and and, and he was saying about social networking it was just so strong for us now and uh, a lot of institutions still very reluctant because they 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 only really see the the negative sides of of the of the digital world in terms of if you don't put yourself out there professionally there are risks in terms of someone else contacting you but they've got a point in the fact that as a young person and go for a union, certainly the generation coming through now, they will have a digital footprint, which is full of some unsavoury photos from stag do's and university parties and what's being wild. To, what's the worst one that you've had to go back and get rid of? Oh, there there have been quite a few, but I, I took a good good evening filtering through. <laughs> I even go, I you Google that. your name, Google your name, MySpace went, MySpace page went there. Well, no, I mean, I had one of me as the Jamaican bobsleigh team. That had to go. But, um, <laughs> but funny enough, I had a parent, speaking of that digital footprint, I had a, a new parent, you know, whose son's in my class say, hey, you know, really nice to meet you. They've had a really nice first week, blah, blah, blah. Look, you know, I thought I'd let you know this. Um, I Googled your name. Mm. So a parent Googling your name, all right, fair enough, it's Google. And, uh, you know, and if you Google my name on, on Google, there is some pretty unsavory... Um, uh, cannibalism, cannibalism killer 
with a similar name. Oh, and dear. She kind of had to go to her son. Hmm, I think your teacher's not this person. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, you you have to check yourself out online, but you're right. If if you if you're new to profession, if if you know you're going to be a teacher within like a few years before you kind of actually sign up to it, then you should probably get prepared. But it's for the ones that are the career changes and the ones that um, yeah, yeah. that really were like, oh, I might be a teacher. That's probably something that's going to take you a while to go and clean up. Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I think Matt, Matt alluded to it, and I think it was quite important that he's just going back to that transparency and honesty with his with his students. You know, they're all some of them will be eighteen, some of them will be nineteen, some of them will be twenty. You know, they're, they're in a digital age, and him as and if they're looking at him and kind of going, look, hey, this is the guy leading me. He's got this much experience, but he's kind of he's not on a pedestal. He's not as he, he himself said. He's like, I'm not a role model. Well, we got pulled in once, didn't we, to her teacher's office, and and we thought we were really in trouble, and she basically said that. Um, that we needed to clear up our, our online portfolio, really, because we had the same same issue with uh, a teacher googling us, and and um, yeah, there was nothing bad on there. I don't no, think no, was it? It was well, yeah, more we about being aware. The office there. We were pulled into the office. I was thinking, hey, well, <laughs> well, we've got a chap called Aaron Jelly coming up next, and um, I don't even know if that's his proper surname. I don't know. I'm going to ask. He could he could have been fooling me this whole time, um, but it's a pretty cool name. He's a really nice bloke, really nice chap. You'd like him. Make sure he gives some uh, solid firm answers. Yeah, I, I will. It's 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 hardly it's hardly um, the world's most um, plush podcast, is it? But well, that's not what we're here for. We're here for good content, uh, my friend. Good you, you good content there? and good time. Did you no. not get the pun there? You mean because his his surname's Jelly? <laughs> yeah. Jellyman! Good to go, man. Are you buzzing? <laughs> yeah, I'm buzzing. When I met you in EMEA at the ADE Institute, um, you had a lovely, friendly rapport, and you yeah. were clearly in a room with other people who have the same vibe, same mentality. And you've told me before a bit about your story how that you weren't always wanting to be a teacher because you actually trained to be a lawyer is that right and yes yeah exactly and you you kind of fell into teaching but it's probably it's always been there and you've never looked back since that you you, you trained to be a lawyer that's a big change from uh, a teacher yeah absolutely yeah so um i trained in law and uh, i really just like fell into teaching sort of not really by mistake I think I've always had a bit of a passion for for that you know like I've enjoyed working with children those sorts of things um but it was only when I moved out to Malaysia without a job without a sort of direction of my career and I was sort of you know looking for for a direction that I started mm-hmm. working in a school as a, as a TA okay. uh, an international school and um it was there really that I sort of ignited my passion like I knew that this was something I was I was good at. I was I was respected, you know. I was like, sort of. It was nice actually to get that kind of feeling that people were talking about me in the school, you know. That, oh, this guy yeah. is, is like he's just a TA, but I kind of felt like I had a, I don't know, a skill set that I could utilize, and I'd stay behind and I'd. How do you go from displays. being a TA to jumping straight into getting a qualified teacher? Because that is that's a big jump. I mean, I take my hat off to any any TA um that goes and and does that it's not an easy gig 
I guess like who I was working with out, out there is it's an international school, you know, so uh, maybe it was a little more relaxed in certain senses. And, uh, you know, we all had like all the TAs that are very young and enthusiastic. And the teacher I was working with at the time, she actually kind of let me sort of team teacher for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I got involved in lesson planning and a little bit of teaching. I was kind of, you know, I really sort of boosted in that sense. Um, but you had to go back to the UK to get your teaching degree. So that was the catch. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew that, you know, I needed to, uh, to get myself into the UK to, to do my PGC and sort of, yeah, take, take that step to take it more seriously. Now you did a schools direct similar to me. And yep. um, I think schools direct, they throw you in the deep end a little bit. Was that the same with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think it really suited me because after what was it, a year and a half of being a TA, sort of really chomping at the bit trying to you know like get involved in teaching mm-hmm. I was actually very ready for that I, I really was ready to take on responsibilities ready to teach and obviously when you start doing it, it really hits you hard you know you like yeah. you have that instant respect for teachers because you to even get through one lesson is hard enough but then to try to get through two in a row is like the do you first know what you it's great to hear you say that because Aaron I'll tell you even when I started to train before I started to become a teacher I I've got to admit, um, there's still that there's still that mentality out there that because you've got a lot of holidays compared to everybody else, that it's oh, it's an easy gig. It's a it's a nine to five. And you're absolutely right. When you start, you're like you're like, oh my god, there's a lot that goes yeah. into this. Yeah, it's the amount of things that run through your through your mind on a a daily basis. You know, lesson to lesson, the things you've got to think about the responsibilities mm-hmm. you have as well is there's quite a lot weighing on you and it's very mm-hmm. tiring and it's it's very demanding um, it so, is yeah, it... and that's that's why i want to do this little podcast it's 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 there to uh, help people maybe they're on the way to work or the way way back and they just want to get a, a real kind of honest transparent um look on things we've got you very hard working guy you, you you're honest it is hard work right yeah but I know because I've met you face to face. I follow what you do. You're a go-getter. You're you're a happy guy. Now, there's a reason for that. Uh, I've been asking everybody. They're ten out of ten. So, job satisfaction. Where do you think you are? I would. I'd put it at about an eight, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's high. But I'd, I'd say it's really high. But I always, I always have my sort of yeah, my little my little doubts about the profession and things that keep you down. But I, tr- I try to always sort of turn those around because. Well, we're here. We're here be to be honest about those. What the, the, the biggest thing is workload. And exactly. um, Matt Pollan mentioned it earlier about politics that gets him down. Maybe that's why he's not 10 out of 10. What be honest, what 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 things do you find that uh, that does get you? Maybe during the term, you just think, oh, that's just pulling my job satisfaction down a little bit um so i i find that our job can be incredibly inefficient and i think that it's really frustrating at times with the workload because i I always describe it as spinning plates you know we're spinning plates Mm -hmm. and you've always got a couple of plates that are just about to fall and you've got to run around and spin those ones again and then another (laughs) set start to fall and that that's what the job feels like at times and that that brings its frustrations because you're never going to finish everything that's on your list so you've got to get comfortable with that and it takes a couple of years to feel comfortable with that yeah um, because it's about prioritizing and exactly. the first time i'd sit down with luca and, and and spoke to him about this this real 
issue that we've got in education in terms of retention, it was a bit like the plate spinning. It was, it was a case of you can't be a perfectionist. You can't be, uh, you can't do everything at at the, at the highest possible level. You can have great high personal standards. That's not what I'm I'm saying. Your teaching yeah. and learning should be high. You should be able to be a good practitioner, but you do need to think about your own emotional and psychological welfare when it comes to teaching because it can get you down one of the one of my bugbears Aaron is when you prep so much for an observation and you give it a go and what I used to do my my first few years of teaching was I only really focused on the here's what you can do next part and I should have paid a lot more stock to this is what we like Tom we like the rapport with your children we liked your your energy. Mm-hmm. We liked your creativity there. We liked your hooks into your literacy, and we liked this that was interactive. Do you feel you like that's that similar with you sometimes? Um, fortunately, that's not the case for me. Um, I've worked in the same school now for the last. Well, it's coming up to this is my fifth year, wow. um, and I haven't worked in another setting like I've owned, since moving. To, you know, to become a teacher. Um, and I think the reason for that is that I'm just surrounded by very supportive professionals. Um, I love that. My senior leadership team, they, they have a real sort of uh, focus on retaining quality staff. Mm. And another thing well, they, they have, do, they've kept you. They've kept yeah, you, my man. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really do prioritize it. And um, Another thing they do very well is that they're very open to new ideas. I, I think I've got, a, I'm lucky to have a very, very good head with a good vision. And mm. what she does is she's, in fact, it's funny that she's a perfectionist herself, actually, and she, she works tirelessly. Um, and she does, it seems like she doesn't always suit the role because she just constantly works. But, you know, she's at a time in her life where she's got the time to do that. And she re- is really supportive of everyone. Um, but what she does is that she listens to people's suggestions. So like we removed paper plans and it's not okay. something she did sort of like on a whim, you know, like, oh, that sounds good. Let's try it. She carefully trialed it. She then looked at the evidence and then she implemented it. You know, everything takes about a year. But yeah. I've seen in the in the four years I've worked there so far, um, I've seen paper planning be removed. I've seen the marking policy completely change to become more manageable. Yeah. Um She's allowed me to introduce uh, one-to-one iPads starting in my classroom and then starting yeah. in two classrooms and then a year group and we're a three-form entry and now it's across two year groups. So she's supported me sort of, you know, implementing ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she seems like she's got an ear to the floor in terms of what's happening and that certainly would help with retention because as soon as staff believe that being being listened to and there's yeah. something that's being put in place like one of the the biggest things for a lot of teachers is the marking like you said like you said yeah and uh having technology there um is is a great way of 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 addressing marking we know verbal is is the best type and if you can use things like ipads with um with shobi and and and, and other things then it can help to reduce your workload and you're still getting good you're still getting good feedback you're still improving standards yeah so this actually leads me on to you know maybe i'll go back to that eight that i gave you right mm. um another reason it's an eight and maybe not a 10 is that last year i had a lot of frustrations about um trying to 
take that vision that you've just talked about this sort of verbal feedback and using technology and, and trying to get that sort of implemented more widely across the school mm-hmm. and I was never able to do that because you know our responsibilities are to plan teach and then mark right and then anything like that can, becomes extra it actually mm-hmm. increases your workload to introduce something new mm-hmm. and as I say she's very careful so she wants evidence first which I support mm-hmm. but it's it's hard because you haven't got the time to do that yeah um, and and when you're very forward thinking uh, and you've got that that energy you just want to you just want to go and put it in into place and what's nice with you being an ADE is that you're off a similar mentality that the future is going to be in the classrooms with technology and we will be able to because the 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 research is solid you know we know it improves um differentiation we know it helps EAL children it helps children with with visual impairment and sight impairment and special needs we know it can decrease the amount of time it takes to mark books and feedback to, yeah. to pupils. So I know you're a big supporter of that as well. Yeah. If you could narrow it down um, to two or three things that you think has definitely hurt, helped you with such a high job satisfaction at the moment, what do you think you would add? Um, just again, staying on that same theme of sort of my my slt and how they've supported me is that i mean like the the advice i would give is that don't be afraid to ask you know uh, ask mm-hmm. for things you know push yourself uh, put yourself out there and maybe if if you don't have a supportive slt then you know it is time to find a school that that does have that because they do exist i'm in one um, i love that but yeah they're, they're there they're, you know they're out there um mm. but one thing that happened for me this year is that last year I had my frustrations and I asked and I pushed. And now this year I've actually been given half a day out every single week just to bring computing around the school, just to mm. develop develop the subject. Um, and because just obviously and your, your, your senior leaders in your head will say that, yeah, Aaron has got this this skill set he's got this passion is he is he going to drive it in the right direction and they've obviously said yeah it's gonna it's gonna pay off it's gonna be good for the school so that's, exactly. it's nice uh, that you've you've got that opportunity so yeah not being afraid to ask for help what exactly. else would you would you bag into the first aid box like i've been reading some of uh john hattie's work about feedback lately you know you, you were just talking about mm-hmm. uh, good quality feedback and how actually audio can provide that and you know we have a lot of sort of issues with marking and I think marking is one of the things that gets people down the most um mm-hmm. you know Hattie's work talks about how marking should be immediate clear task orientated there's all these different things that it should be mm-hmm. but he also says that it's never going to work without good teacher student relationships and mm-hmm. having high expectations for your children so I, I think teachers have got to strike that balance like you really got to think you know don't be too hard on yourself like mm-hmm. I said before, your list is never ending. Um, you just got to get used to that. No, just that sort of, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Look after yourself and look after your students. Like it, it really doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Like mm-hmm. look after you. Don't don't stress yourself too much, and just make sure that you're being the best teacher that you. You know, like if you can't look after yourself, then you can't look after your students, and then all of these things that you're worried about will never get done anyway. Mm. So. And what and what's what's interesting about your. Um, your um, place of work is that it's in a city so you do have a higher amount of 
of deprivation, you've got a lot more um, issues when it comes to disadvantaged children as well. So if there are any teachers that are listening who are from an urban setting, mm. have you got a top tip for them? I would say set up really, really clear routines to ensure that the children coming into your classroom feel safe and mm. feel supported and so that your day goes smoothly, you know, for you and for them. Um, I mean, here's, here's a little one that I've got, you know, just as a practical example. Uh, I've got a responsibilities chart like on display, so it's nice and clear so everyone knows, you know, like everyone gets a little responsibility to do each week. I'll, oh, another thing is I'll use uh, an app called Decide Now, I think the app's okay. called. It's a 59p app. It just It's basically it's a wheel that you spin, um, mm-hmm. but you can put your classes' names into it. So I'll use that and they, you know, and they enjoy that on a Monday morning. I'll spin the wheel, mm-hmm. give me a random name, and then I stick it on the responsibilities chart. And I've got one that's uh, a communications officer. It's just a nice one that I've picked up along the way. Um, mm-hmm. This person's in charge of giving out letters, uh, doing reminders, and so, you know, giving messages and just generally reminding me of little things throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's a nice little practical one that you can take. And yeah, that app as well, Decide Now, that's another one. Because I also use that in class for questioning. Like I don't like to do hands up in my classroom. I find that when you ask a question and the children put up their hands, every child who hasn't put up their hands, probably not even thinking about the question you've asked. <laughs> You're right, They're switched yeah. off. They're giving up. And that happens, you know, kids get lazy. Kids don't want to engage. So, you know, they're not bothered. But as soon as you spin that wheel, they all know it could be me. So you ask mm-hmm. the question again and they're all ready. You know, they're all thinking because that's what we want. We want all the kids to be thinking all the time. So, Definitely. yeah, that's, that's a little one. I like that. There's some really nice, n- nice top tips in there. Nice little app about Decide Now as well. Uh, so one more tip I've got is uh, I guess it kind of depends on your setting, you know, your iPad deployment, your SLT's vision. Um, but if you are deploying any kind of iPads in your classroom, one thing I'd say is try to limit the number of apps that you're using in your class. You know, you can actually transform your class or other people's classes if you're trying to get it into theirs um, with just a couple of apps. I would probably go with camera, screen record and keynote. And it doesn't seem like much, but you can actually get loads done. You're going to save time managing and trying new apps. You're going to save time teaching them to staff and students. If you just focus on these few, you let people become really comfortable, then they become experts, and then you can let their creativity really shine. Um, after that, Shobi or any other e-portfolio that you're using, maybe like Seesaw, will be another important step for you to take. Uh, we've got to evidence our learning, um, as I'm sure you do as well. So before Shobi, it was a lot of like printing out. Uh, which becomes like really heavy on workload and it's one of those things that gets you down and gets you frustrated, you know, trimming it, sticking it in, it's all silly stuff. Um, but Shobi allows for really quick uploads of learning, which means, you know, learning's like really creative, it's multimedia, children are engaged, they're happy, they're making stop motion animations, they're making presentations to show their understanding. It's kind of changed the way we teach, it's changed, you know, the kids are happy, it's reduced our workload, it's, it's amazing. Um, it also means that teachers can quickly share resources with each other. We've we found that Shobi helps with that as well. Um, and then, you know, the feedback you can give. We touched on it earlier. You know, you can use audio, you can annotate. Uh, really, that's been a game changer for me. So my focus is really to maximise learning while reducing workload. And I think there's always room for us teachers to be more efficient and do that.
And I want to give you like a practical example of what this looks like. Um, you know, like there could be a, a math lesson, right? It's addition. Um, you know, like you don't know if the children are going to get it or not. You go in there with your your learning intention, your slides, your questions, and, you know, your children are, are getting it. Um, so, you know, then you use what you've taught them, you know, screen record, you know, making videos, making a presentation on Keynote, just stick to those few apps and let let them explain their thinking, you know, and let, let them be creative in, in sort of like actually taking their learning on a deeper level, you know, like the, the iPad just becomes a tool for learning. It's not, it's not about the app that they're using. It's just allowing them to just sort of develop their learning. And this is how the iPad has also, you know, changed my pedagogy. Um, you know, I tend to go into, tele- I'm a bit braver. I tend to go into lessons with sort of looser plans these days and rely a lot more heavily on sort of like peer coaching, um, things like that. You know, like it's not that I'm not prepared anymore. I go in prepared, but I'm comfortable to let the lesson run a different course, you know, and like be brave enough to, to try new things during the lesson. And, and I think that makes me and the children happier. You know, it's just a different approach. Like sometimes it goes right, sometimes it goes wrong. It can fail completely. Um, but that, that's actually the, the atmosphere and the sort of the, the culture that I want to encourage in my classroom that actually, like, we're all learning. It can go wrong, but that's okay, you know. Uh, yeah, so I think these little tips help help me to achieve that. So, Aaron Jelly, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing about your story and how you got into teaching and as well as those first aid supplies. We'll add them to our TLC toolkit for those teachers who might need it. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Tom. Get your daily dose of TLC with the educational podcast from Tom and Luca. Subscribe to Prescribe.